Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm Zachary Patton Garcia. I'm Kimberly Southwick Thompson. I'm Philip Ellis. I'm Summer Bishop. And I'm Ian Carlos Crawford, and welcome to Angel Episode Zero. Uh I want to thank all of you for doing this. Um, I know that I've had a lot of recordings for the the upfront of Angel, and all of y'all have been fucking wonderful. Uh, my brain is currently fried. I was up till 4 a.m. doing a video, um, but I got it out there. Very proud of it. There's an intro video if anyone wants to watch uh, where I introduce all the co-hosts. Today, I have four with me, but also there will be uh, Dana Pickley, Ryan Houlihan, uh, Crystal from Drag Race UK, Ian Martin from Passion of the Nerd, Gabe Gonzalez... And I think that's everyone. And Charisma Carpenter herself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and everyone kind of chatted about their like favorite things in the intros, but I figured we would go over that in an episode format. Um, I don't know about all of y'all, but I was a tough sell on Angel at first, but then I ended up loving it. It was like once season four aired, I knew Buffy season seven was the last season. I was like, all right, let me get into the show. And that's when mm-hmm. I like started taping it on VHS. And then I would buy the DVDs as they came out. Um, I do think season one is a little rough, but I think it's worth it to go through it. Because also I'm a completionist. Like I, I, you know, even if it's like, oh, that's not that best of a season, still watch what it. Do you think is, what do you think is rough about it? I think so. I am not that big on like law and order type shows and it feels very law and order. Mm. Um, and I feel like they don't realize how good it is to have an ensemble until later on. Cause like, you know, charisma is so great as Cordelia and Cordelia is always such a breath of fresh air. Even Doyle is like a breath of fresh air in some of these episodes, but we focus so much on angel and him being angsty and like whoever the new character is of the episode and I don't like that. Like I, I used to watch Doctor Who religiously and they did that too often where I'd be like, eh, I'm just like a hard sell on like a character we meet for one episode and never see again. And mm-hmm. I like how it was a little dark because just like even rewatching the beginning of it for the first time, I was like, this theme music is like buffy but depressed. Yeah. And that's really <laughs> like the, the the feel of the first couple episodes for me of mm-hmm. like season one, you know? And I, I don't think that's what they... That's not where they wound up, you know? That's just how it started. Mm. Right. I think yeah. that was a conscious decision on their part, though, wasn't it? That they wanted to make something that was so different in style and in sensibility to Buffy. Like, this was the older, sort of grimier sibling. Um, it's, like, <laughs> it, it's in the big city. It's, like, got this sleazy noir vibe. Like, you know, you've got sort of a lot more casual references to sex and drugs and just sort of, like, Ad, yeah. ad, you know adult situations than you have in the show that you know when it started the characters were all 16 right. um and i think to begin with that's jarring because i think they're trying a little bit too hard to tell us that this is the grown-up show mm-hmm. um and then they do find their footing and i, I agree in that the sort of the procedural style i mean i love a noir i love a detective story but they were i think to begin with too self-contained and too um i don't like a show where it hits the reset button at the end of the yes. episode. And it, I, I feel like, yeah, in season one, basically until they hit like the back half when you get much more of Wolfram Heart and then Faith mm. comes back and you get all that good yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, those those first few episodes, I, I, so I, re- I rewatched the pilot just before um, coming on to record. And the story with like the, the wannabe actress who just wants to like, go home and then she's being like, 
harassed by this vampire. I, was, I just, oh my God, I'm so bored. I don't care. Just where, <laughs> where, when is Cordelia showing up? <laughs> I know. Also, like, same girl, same. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I get it. No, but it was like the network had these conversations of like, okay, we'll do it, but it's a procedural, you know, and it's for the adults. Like it yeah. was just very clear that they had had those conversations and made those decisions. And it, like, it kind of stifled the character of the show for a while. Yeah. I wonder if that was like to get the show made, they just wanted it to be so different, you know? And like, yeah, I, I almost feel like, and I, I mean, I don't know, Summer, you probably would know better than I do. Is it easier to sell a show that is more procedural than it is like uh, serialized? Is that e- an easier sell for like a network? I feel like in the early 2000s with a vampire, like I feel like Buffy was probably so outside of the box yeah, and thought of as so niche, like successful, but probably so niche and like the broad, like culture of television at that point. And I feel like procedurals are probably much more reliable to like Mm. market and commodify and have people watch. It probably felt so much more stable to make it more like that and probably back in the day to have a male lead that's true yeah yeah um because it's funny i don't know i can't remember have any of you i I don't know if i've mentioned this to any of you before have any of you watched veronica mars no no i want to okay well veronica mars did like a something like this in season one where like there is an overarching mystery but there's one-offs but the thing they did which i loved and now like i'm always looking for shows that like like present as procedurals to do this is like as we got deeper into the overarching mystery a lot of the one-offs came back and were important to that like her figuring out what happened and like you know like Leighton Meester plays a one-off character and she comes back for the Mm -hmm. final two episodes because she's like important to whatever the mystery is and there's a couple of characters like that where it's like you had to be paying attention because she is revisiting these mysteries she solved throughout the season and I always think that's a really smart way to do a procedural so that like it is important, but like also if you miss the finale, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> what do we think of season one overall? What are like, what would you say, Philip, are the strong points of season one? Um, oh, I mean, I, I think it was incredibly ballsy and it did ultimately pay off that they killed off one of the three only main characters <laughs> so early. I remember mm. that being such a shock at the time because you'd come to love this character so quickly, yeah. he, you know, he is just, you know, charm and charisma personified. And then having that sort of snipey relationship between him and Cordelia and to have that sort of, you know, just as they're on the verge of maybe becoming something more, um, it's taken away, which is, I, I know that, you know, he who must not be named, that's like his one trick that he's pulled out right. so many times. That it's no longer remotely interesting. But at the time, <laughs> it was the first time he'd done it. Um, so that that moment and then bringing in Wesley. Yeah. And I think ultimately it's like, it's a bit like... Um, spin-off syndrome where it's like oh we're just going to keep referring to this other show that Mm -hmm. we've like we've come out of so we're going to bring back wesley uh we're going to have buffy like show up multiple times in season one which i actually think was probably to its detriment um but having faith come back on the other hand it just like oh give give i i I was rooting for her to become a main character on that show because she fit into it so well Mm. um it gave eliza dushku so much more interesting cool stuff to do um it was like the dynamics were so much more complex um so yeah i think the faith stuff in season one and then 
as you got more and more into like the Wolfram and Hart mythology and the prophecy and stuff, basically like when they decide we're going to stop being a detective noir show and we're going to become serialized high fantasy because that's what the fans want. That's when I'm like, yeah, okay, you hit your stride. And then season two onwards, it's like, great. (laughs) Yeah, because even season two is a little, at points, him and Darla are being a little too angsty together, but even bringing Julie Benz was such a good idea because she is so fucking good. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, I really like their dynamic of like, even when, even if like she's evil, Angel still kind of cares about her, but like he knows she's evil. But like, I kind of like it being like, I'm always interested in a story with exes who have to be together, like, not like be together relationship wise, but like, are just like having to coexist together. Um, that's why I I did like Buffy and Angel's relationship in season three, where like, you know, when she's like, this is my last office romance, which was a lie. Um, and like, <laughs> them having to work together and fight together, even though they're not together. I'm always interested in that kind of story. Um, and Darla is just so interesting that I feel like she also makes Angel more interesting, seeing how he reacts to her. But yeah, what, uh, Kim? What do you think of season one? Uh, when I was when I was kind of going back through it, it seemed like so many of the things that I remembered happened in season one, and I was I was like, oh man, Doyle dies season one. Like, <laughs> I, I just feel like they do a good job, I guess, fleshing out things that are going to be important later on in a way, uh, in terms mm-hmm. of certain characters. You know, we get gun like at the very end, kind yeah. of thing. That it just feels like they were there all along when we get to the rest of it, if that makes sense. Um, I was I was literally like shocked rereading that that Doyle dies in season one. I was like, how is that possible? <laughs> you know, it's I actually forgot that Gunn does come in at the end of season one. I thought it was the beginning of season two, but yeah, it's like he has that one episode and then he comes back for the finale too. And you know, he we interviewed that actor, J. August Richards, after he had come out. And he actually said he was like the WB had like a diversity rule, and that's like the only reason they hired him. But then they really liked him, so he got like bumped up to a main cast member. And it's like wild to think that like that was like a mandate, but like he is great and like adds to the cast. It's like they they were slowly realizing with him, and then there's even like the millionaire dude David Nesbitt, who they're like, oh, we gotta we gotta build more characters. I I, I wonder what that writers' room was like because the. Uh, the first half of the season is so unbalanced. Uh, but Summer, what do you think? What do you think of it? Of the first season? I mean, yeah. I, I also loved when Darla finally came in. Like season two, when all of that unfolds, I was just like, oh my God, the show is so... <laughs> like I was as into it as I was Buffy. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I mean, once they start bringing some of that world that you like met Angel from into the show, it made more sense to me. But I also agree with, the killing off of Doyle to me, I thought was a huge mistake. It's like we invested so thoroughly in him. I did at least mm-hmm. so quickly when watching it and he was so good and he brought so much to the show and it would have been such a great ensemble with him. And he just goes away. And it was almost like the show like introduced a new show and then reintroduced itself without him. And it was just kind of like, what happened there? <laughs> I don't really know what happened there. I haven't really like looked into it too much, but it felt very disjointed and odd to me to kill Doyle off when they did. I did read, and this is just what I've read, um, and I do remember hearing this before that like he had like a he was like going through some like addiction issues, and that just oh. like he wasn't it wasn't like a they were like having issues working with him, so that's why mm. they killed his character off, and that they had intended to bring him back at some point. 
mm-hmm. as like to give him an arc of like a villain or something like that. But then the actor passed away. Oh god! Because like it is like it is weird what you said. Like I do agree with you. It almost feels like they reset because like we don't mention yeah. him. It feels like we don't mention him again, right? Until the yeah. series finale, I think, yeah. where there is one, they basically name drop everyone who's died, and that's like a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I when I was screen recording the finale, I was like, I got to that part when um, is it Adam Baldwin is like listing people that died. I'm like, Jesus Christ, they really have killed so many people. <laughs> um, Zach, do you what do you think of like uh, what you remember from watching season one? Okay, so <laughs> I should have watched the whole season before we even started, but I want to like I want to be fresh while we're recording. So, season one in my mind is the very first episode because I've seen it so many damn times. Um, <laughs> it is the is Buffy back twice? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Buffy's two episodes, Faith's episodes, um, Doyle dying, and then uh, Cordelia. With the ghost, Cordelia getting pregnant, all of the Cordelia stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's it. So, like, it's like, I don't know, it's like seven episodes or so mm-hmm. in my mind uh, that I really am trying to remember what y'all are talking about. And I didn't even remember that Darla <laughs> came in in this season. I remember Darla, <laughs> but I, I is it like this soon that she comes in? No, when does no. Connor no come that's in? season two, yeah. Season yeah. Two. It's, it's she, the end of the season one finale. It's like that's yeah. like the, the cliffhanger ends on is like you realizing that she's come back. Oh. Be- okay. Be- because the funny thing is, it's like it's like Wolfram and Hart does a spell, and they don't tell you what it is. But then the kicker at the end is it's Darla. <sighs> okay, but she's not staking herself in an alley at the end of this. No, one, right? no. <laughs> okay, I thought we were like speeding through this, and I'm like, shit. Then I have no idea what happens in the rest of the series. Um, I I don't know. I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to you know watch it for the first time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, Darla. It's funny because I remember watching that with um, Jason Sullivan, who's one of the other co-hosts and i remember at the end of angel season one and they like have that kicker and i looked at him and i was like do you not remember who that is he was like who the hell's that woman that's not buffy right <laughs> i was like it's darla it's a big deal <laughs> <laughs> well i think i watched it very differently than you did ian because i well obviously i did because i watched it on netflix immediately after finishing buffy and mm-hmm. I remember, like, always having to contact you about, like, oh, who is so-and-so or, or what's this and stuff. So I think it'll be an interesting experience for me now that I'm way closer to the Buffyverse watching it and I'll kind of, like, know stuff. So that's yeah. – I don't know. I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, this show I don't know. At, like, Buffy, I can, you know, recite every episode name in order um, and, like, pick out by, like, an outfit. What If, like, someone shows me a screenshot, it's like, oh, I know that episode – but with Angel, I don't know it that oh well. Oh my so gosh, am- are we going to have to pick out Angel's, all of his black wardrobe? Are we going to have to like, pick out specific pieces and favorites? <laughs> That's what Cordelia is there for. <laughs> That's she, uh, perfect. And then when, oh my God, when, when Gwen Raiden comes in in like four years' time, if we ever get there. <laughs> Cordelia just gives us all the content that we need. My favorite, uh, my favorite outfit's just Angel's trench coat like every time. <laughs> in the first episode he's wearing this really nice like black sweatshirt and i wish they would have just done a wardrobe similar to that instead of sticking him in that black trench coat because the black trench coat does nothing for him yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and agree with zach there uh <laughs> and like i i feel like because sometimes he'll wear like a coat that's not like a trench coat and that's like if it's like a i think in the second episode he's wearing like a leather looking blazer um 
And while that's not like my favorite, like that's better for me than a trench coat. I don't know. The trench coat. Do just they ever like, dress him it. up in like a Sherpa jacket or something? Like give him some like, I don't know. It's a really nice like swanky clothes. In season five, they drop the trench coat and they'll put him in a lot of like nice button ups. Okay. Maybe in season four, Summer, do you remember? I know four is like one of your favorites. I pay attention so much to uh, Charisma Carpenter's fashion <laughs> that like Angel just becomes like a series of black billowy outfits. <laughs> like, is anybody asking about Angel's wardrobe? <laughs> I think this is the most anybody has ever spoken about it. Yeah, I, I it's just have... black and billowy. Yeah. I, I, I have a theory about that though, having just rewatched the pilot um, where they sort of made him like um, Philip Marlowe meets Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's wearing like a wire harness under that to do all the stunts and they're just mm. going to give him like bulky, bulky clothes to wear to kind of cover it. Ah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I know, and even um, the Buffy season seven costume designer, when we talked about uh, ch- uh, End of Days and Chosen, he said how David Boreanaz has brought his favorite trench coat to wear um and like boreana's already had a trench coat right he like (laughs) his favorite angel outfit he brought (laughs) and then like the whoever the costumer was didn't realize that it was only one of each and like ripped up one of them to be on the wire and that was like the shirt he took from angel I just picture him like very posh spy standing in front of a mirror. Like, am I going to wear the little Gucci dress, the little Gucci dress, or the little Gucci dress? And it's all the same black sweater, all the same black trench coat. God, that's not too far off from me. I'm like, what black t-shirt am I going to wear? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So what are, Philip, what are some of your favorite episodes of Angel? Um, I mean, as a couple of us have already said, um, any of the faith arcs, so five by five in Sanctuary and then um, Salvage, uh, Calvary and Orpheus in season four. I just, I love how really gritty and weird and dark um, those episodes get. Um, I love, like with Buffy, I like a lot of episodes that sort of, kind of basically stop and break the fourth wall or break format so smile time i'm really looking forward to revisiting that one because i haven't watched that i haven't watched season five all the way through in years um and and then like just the the little episodes where that harmony comes back uh yeah just basically like i any whenever buffy comes back i'm like oh i don't care at (laughs) all what is this heterosexual nonsense but when anyone when whenever we're reminded that there is a wider world and any other character return i'm like yes this is what i want <laughs> yeah <laughs> all the game I, moments yeah i it's funny um crystal in her intro video when she was like talking about her favorite buffy episode she was like naming them she's like you know when willow goes evil when buffy and faith fight all the gay shit and then like <laughs> for her angel it was like when cordelia goes evil when faith comes back you know the gay shit and i feel like that's like <laughs> kind of accurate <laughs> so predictable. i know <laughs> But that's where uh, it shines, right? They're trying to make this such like this is the man's show. This right. is the show to get the Buffy, the, the Buffy boy fans. But <laughs> you know, we the guys don't care about all of the all of the angel brooding and you know jumping off of a building and stuff like that. Bring Faith in to do a high kick, and I'm I'm off my seat. You know, I came to, I came to Angel because I was I was reliably informed that he was going to have his shirt off once an episode. <laughs> <laughs> he did the first episode. I, I, yeah. I'll give him credit for that one. What about the rest of them? I mean, there, it gets less and less frequent as uh, sort of time goes on. <laughs> there is um, <clears throat> that one moment in season five that sticks in my brain of the Halloween episode when he's like, you see him coming out of the shower. And I, I, 
I give him credit because I think he looks good as like a twink in season one of Buffy, and then he looks good when he got thicker in like season five of Angel. Like, I think you notice his hair got thicker too as he got thicker. Do we think that's like a hairpiece? I think no. I, I I think I in season five he like grows it out. He has like quarantine hair. It's mm. <laughs> very true. It's like it, they after like you know between Buffy and Angel after like a decade of have him having identical like gelled boy band spikes. They were like, let's mix it up. <laughs> really... I need to see his hair. This is not a hair piece. It cannot be. No, right? I don't know. Summer, what do you think? You work on TV shows. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. People always thought I had hair pieces or extensions in, and I was like, is that a thing? Um, <laughs> I you never did on The Magicians? No, I just have a shit ton Ian's of hair. Ian's one of those people who thought it. Like, my dad's <laughs> just Saudi Arabian, you know? I'm just <laughs> fucking hairy. But people do wear, like, there was a lot of that in the trailer. I don't know who was wearing it, but people wear hair pieces. Hmm. Wigs laying around everywhere. And there was yeah, always I would... wigs. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? <laughs> uh, I mean, I would definitely be like, mm, make make my bun fuller and put like a few clips in it or something. Oh, hell yeah. Because <laughs> um, I'm always bad at being able to tell, unless it's like Marvel where the wigs are pretty horrendous, I'm usually bad at being able to tell. Like oh, unless like, the, the, just to go back to something I don't like about this show is anytime they do a flashback and they put um, they put Angel and Dala and Spike in the most horrendous uh-huh. party city wigs. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to be Irish again. For I'm for, just for I, I, I'm disappointed he's not doing the Irish accent <laughs> this entire season. And it's, going back to Los Angeles, he should go full Irish accent. <laughs> that accent is so horrendous. <laughs> I don't know why they just didn't cut it. Right, like just like. You don't have to do it. Just uh, and every time he does it, he has like a half smile on his face. It's like really <laughs> weird, and his face twists. <laughs> he he's, like, he's like he's like I spent half an hour with the vocal coach. I got this. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> he's probably still doing that Irish accent on Seal Team, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, god! Yeah. I just remembered. I did wear a bunch of hair. For one, <laughs> there was Summer. one episode, <laughs> and it killed me. It gave me such a bad fucking headache. I was like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> Your freaky hair out of here. <laughs> Wait, what, when did you have to wear a wig? <laughs> I didn't have to wear a wig. They put in a little extra hair for some episode where I was like moon brained. And okay. I had this crazy high ponytail and it was like froed out and it was, it was gorgeous. It looked gorgeous. And they added hair to make it just look extra special. Oh wait, Summer, I literally just, when the eclipse, when there was like the eclipse, I was like, what am I going to watch that night? And yeah. I put on the episode with the like time loop, but yeah, yes. it's, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. That hair that's like crimped out. Yes. Oh my God. It was yeah. like weighing me the fuck down. I was like, <laughs> I'm not wearing pieces ever again. <laughs> that's funny i love that like after telling us i've never done it you're like oh, i know because no, well, i was trying to think i was like did we who did why and when you know yes, five minutes that's all she's been thinking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, cool. i'm like texting the hair <laughs> <laughs> she's like wait that wig that i stepped on in the makeup trailer was that my wig <laughs> <laughs> Kim, what are some of your favorite episodes? I will put in for Smile Time as well, just because it feels unique. 
it is fun. Yeah. It's something that like, I mean, I just remember what it looks like. I don't remember what happens. So I'm excited <laughs> to revisit it. Of course, I need a, you know, basically any Drusilla episode, but Reunion in particular. Is Reunion the one where, is that where she first comes back or is that where they're like causing chaos and like going to the mall and shit? I believe it's chaos. Yeah, I do like that. I I almost wish Drusilla had been longer in that season. It's like very weird that she's only in, I think like two or three, because she's really good on it. I agree. I think I remember talking to you about how I was like, when is she coming back? Yeah. And like she wasn't or <laughs> she wasn't coming yeah. back as often as I wanted. That was one of my disappointments for sure with Angel. And then I love Lauren. Am I allowed to love Lauren as much as yeah. I love Lauren? So I love Spin the Bottle. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, I feel like for a, the, a show that is aggressively straight with the David Boreanaz of it all, like it's a, it gets camp right yeah. a lot of the time mm-hmm. with characters like Lauren. Because Lauren also could be like, I feel like with lesser writing, he would be a fucking stupid character, but he's not. He's like, yeah, re- he's good. And that actor is really good. And like, he's just like a fun character. He like, his energy is a lot like Cordelia's where it like brightens up the scene yeah. having him in there. Yeah. And he's not a one trick character. Like he's like yeah. very like you'd, you'd expect maybe a character like him considering what's been said about him to be kind of like one note, but he's not at all. He's like yeah. very fired. Yes. Yes. And I kind of like, I mean, it's not really confirmed, but he does like feel queer. Um, and I like that. It's like, you know, like I'll jokingly flirt with like angel or like Spike. Yeah. And I, I, I like that shit. Yeah. Um, because also that feels real. Like, the, okay, yeah, the gay demon might be flirting with the, like, hot vampires. <laughs> <laughs> I would, too. Um, Listen, if I had to put up with Angel's nonsense, I would just flirt 24 hours a day for my own amusement, because I know that would have made him uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we're here, so I'm going to flirt with you, because at least you're hot. <laughs> I don't think there's much that makes him comfortable, though. I think everything pretty much makes him uncomfortable. That's true, yeah. Um <laughs> Summer, what are some of your favorite episodes? The Darla episodes, I, I like. I loved it just because it went so far into her history and background, and you didn't get to see that in Buffy, yeah. really. Um, yeah, I really loved that part of the show. I, I loved Doyle. I also really like Lorne. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved him. Of course you do, Summer. <laughs> yeah, he's such a good singer. And I read something that was just really like he passed away really young. It was just yeah, the, yeah. the circumstances sounded really unfortunate. But um anyway, yeah. Um I don't know specific episodes. Like like I can't recall one off the top of my head, but I remember like being so into the episodes where they really talked about Angel and Darla's backstory and Drusilla and Spike and I loved it when Spike came on. I guess I loved it whenever it felt like it was merging with Buffy more because I expected to see more of Buffy in it and to see Mm -hmm. more of that like cohesive transition. And there just wasn't. Um, So anytime it did feel like old characters like Faith coming, I liked it. I really remembered those episodes. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, you've all said it, but I I do think Faith is great on Mm -hmm. Angel. Like she gets, they give her more room to like, have character development um and like i'm not that big on season four but i do think her three episode arc in season four is like some of the best angel stuff um and it's it's her episode she's like the star of them but she's great and like 
you know, when yeah. they let her get, like, she kind of loses to Angel and they, like, show her showering and she's, like, punching the wall. Like, that's not a thing we get to see either of the Slayers do, like, being upset about this, like, failure. And mm-hmm. I kind of just liked being able to see that. And Faith, like, Eliza Dushtru, it feels like she really shines on Angel. Can we get into this real quick? Okay. So they gave <laughs> Angel his own show. We already know it's to get the boys in, right? But right. this also was a, the perfect palette for her where she should have at least been approached to be a main character on the show or just give yeah. her the damn show, right? Like, why yeah, was yeah. she not right. given this show? Yeah. Yeah, where was the Faith spinoff? It seemed right? odd because she was she so just, popular. I think she didn't want to do it, right? That was it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think after after Angel or after Buffy ended, that was like the spinoff that he who shall not be named proposed to mm-hmm. Eliza <clears throat> was – her on like a bike kind of like solving like demon things, but like ghost spike would have been with her, but then she didn't want to do it. So then they put ghost spike on angel. Sounded very like midnight Texas to me. It's the pitch. I would be Um, into it. Yeah. But like they could still do that. You know, she, she could still come back and do that. I know it'd be a harder get to do Sarah, but they could get Elisha Disku from, I don't know, maybe like eight episodes of something. Right, like a cool HBO Max like series oh, or something. Fuck yeah, get her yeah. punching some more walls, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zach, I know you you have a limited knowledge, but what are some of your favorite? The ones I just listed. Uh, Cordelia, Cordelia, the ghost episode is probably one of my favorites of the season. Like, and I love I love the Faith episodes, and I love when Buffy comes back. But I just the ghost episode was so fun, and oh. when I remember it, and I, when I would watch, uh, I remember. The first time I watched it was on TNT, and I remember like being obsessed with it. And I think that was one of the episodes that there were a few episodes that made me buy the first season, um, but that was one of the episodes that did it because I really wanted to watch that episode again because it was just it felt like I don't know it was one of those sort of standalone episodes that you know it's just really fun and we love Cordelia and it, you know it's got a ghost and it's got a a, a body bear you know bricked up in a wall it was just perfect. Um, do you know what's funny about that episode is I always misremember the conceit of why Dennis is a ghost. Yeah. And in my brain, because it feels very like that woman that plays like the the evil ghost mom, she always plays like, you know, the uptight mean lady on a lot of shit. And I remember her from Donnie Darko. And I always in my brain, I remember it as because it feels like this would fit Cordelia, yeah. that Dennis was gay and the mother was like homophobic. Well, it's very like, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it it's very cask of Amontillado, you know? Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it just, I think that was, I remember when I read that in school, I was like, that's angel. That's an angel episode. What are you, Edgar Allan, Edgar Allan who? <laughs> he ripped off angel. I don't know. I was, I was super into that episode, though. I would I would have watched it. As many times as I could. And then, you know, every other episode that I can, she has like a standout part. And when she gets pregnant, I thought that one was fucking wild. I was blown away by that. I didn't know what the (laughs) hell was happening. Um, And then, you know, who doesn't love a Buffy and Faith fight? And if they can move that into an angel show, you know, I'll watch that whole scene 20 times over. I 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think the, the Buffy and Faith fights always work for me. Like, even if they're stupid, even if the context yeah. around them is stupid, right? Yes. Like, because I, st- I love their stunt work together. I think, I think their stunt work together works so well. Zach, thank you for knowing exactly yes. why I was stumbling. I, I, on. I don't like, I don't like the context either. I don't like the context <laughs> either. But I still love to see them like flipping around and like punching each other. You know. <laughs> <laughs> my like fried brain was stammering on do i say but i don't love the content they, they make a really great like stunt scene together yeah they really do and like their fights are always pretty like emotionally charged because mm-hmm. like you know their history and like they were very close but like eh. but then um, you get but then you get angel yelling at buffy and it's like <sighs> i know i'll get heated during that too but <laughs> buffy already lived in los angeles angel yeah, like mm-hmm. you, you don't get dominion over Los Angeles, I right? Know. Her dad is somewhere there. We don't yeah. ever address that in Angel, but Buffy's dad is somewhere in Los Angeles. It's one of those things where, like, because Buffy the show, our our narrator and the lens through which we're seeing everything is Buffy, so we're so much more inclined to take her side. Mm-hmm. And because this is the show where this is from from Angel's point of view, that means the writing has to kind of yeah. cast Buffy more as like the bitchy ex. And it's just like, it never fits. But just for the purpose of the show, I mean, like, this is Angel's show. We have to show that he's in the right and be mm. on his side. Um, so that means that, like, we have to have Buffy be, like, way meaner and harsher than she actually would be in her own series. The guys don't accept it. They don't. We, we, we reject that. From just we, listening to y'all talk about this, I feel like everybody hates Angel, but we like everything else about the show. <laughs> Angel, is the, Angel is the least interesting thing about his own show. He's he the least the, interesting to look at. He, he is the Cordelia and Faith delivery system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am going to give him a chance, though. I didn't mind him in the first episode when I watched it back just, just the other I, day. And I do think Angel gets a little bit. I he gets more interesting as the show goes on. Um, Ryan Hulan <laughs> said at our last live show how David Boreanaz is like he's kind of on a learning curve here with like getting into the Angel character and the like acting and stuff. But I I do like him. Like I definitely love season five Angel. Like I love that Angel. I think he really hits his stride when they when they figure out how to introduce humor into this series because it starts out so dark and po-faced because he's on a mission of redemption and it's an LA noirish you know sort of grim 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 mm-hmm. um, and it's once they let him be a little bit silly uh, like you know they I remember I can't remember which season one episode it is but it shows him like just being really awkward at a party and like being very bad at dancing right yeah yeah uh, and just like silly little moments like that it's like oh he's just like he's all like serious 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 but actually he's just he's a fucking nerd (laughs) so i I read something um and i didn't it was just a little sentence and it was about how there was originally supposed to be a different very very early season one episode where angel like tasted some murder victim's blood or something yeah seems like early on like one of the the plot lines they're going for is like how is this good vampire going to get blood but then it seems like they completely abandoned that it's yeah. like all of a sudden he's got a stash of true blood, you know, sitting around and he's just using that. <laughs> That's one we need to be covering. <laughs> right? Oh, that would be great. Anyway, um, um, yeah. So I was curious, like, I'd love to see the script of this episode that the network never let them air. They were, like, too dark. But yeah. I wonder if, like, in his head, like, he still had, like, this character in mind. And then the network kind of toned down that darkness and it just took him a while to lighten up? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's true. Uh, mm-hmm. Summer, you've, you've worked on a show. What do I mean, I guess you were on sci-fi, so it was maybe a little different. They weren't as strict, right? 
I don't, were they I still don't remember a lot of like network involvement as far as like having a creative idea that couldn't happen mm-hmm. because someone said no to it. Um, I think it was pretty like collaborative and open, but also like I was acting, you know, I don't know what was pitched. I just know what got to us in the script. So yeah, I, that's fair. I have no idea how those scripts got to us, but I don't ever remember being or feeling like I couldn't make my character as out there as I wanted or try as many different things as I wanted. Like there was nobody ever saying no to, mm-hmm. to like playing and experimenting and doing things as boldly as we felt like we wanted to on the day. But even, even with like Margot and Elliot, I feel like yeah they weren't as like, they were, weren't used as much as like, I feel like the writers maybe were like, Oh, these are two fucking great actors. And so then they like gave you guys yeah. more to do. Yeah. Right. So I feel like that's not, that like shows kind of do that, right. Where they yeah. discover, Ooh, this character works. Let's use them more. Yeah. Like season one, I didn't work a lot. Yeah. And I knew that that was my deal. Like I knew that I was 10 out of 13 and that by season two, I would be 13 out of 13. Like when I signed up for the pilot, I knew that I would do 13 out of 13 on by season two, but I knew, yeah, but I knew that season one would be less work. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, they definitely built it. It didn't happen right away, but that's the cool thing about angel that I really like. It's like all the characters that you didn't get enough time with because they weren't like the leads of the show necessarily. And like Mm -hmm. the show had to be built in Buffy. You get to see so much more of an angel. Like you do get to see faith do cool stuff that you wish you had seen in Buffy and like I yeah. said, like with Darla, like you just see more of Cordelia and her journey in this is like insane. And you would have never seen that on Buffy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It is weird because she does. You do love her by season three of Buffy. And Kim, you said mm-hmm. this in your intro video. Like you do love her, but like yeah. she just has such better development on Angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. She's get, she's given that room and. I mean, that that writing. <laughs> and she, yeah. she kills yeah. it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, she was like finally given stuff to do. And it was like, yes. <gasps> yeah, and it's so funny because when we interviewed her, she even said that they all just were constantly worried that Angel like wasn't going to be picked up like every season. Ugh. They were like, oh, this is a season where we're not going to like get to like do it again. And like she was always nervous about, That's- okay, well, will they bring me back to Buffy if Angel gets, can- you know? Ugh. um. And that was what she made them promise when she signed on to do Angel, that if season one didn't like go to a full season or like got canceled, that they would, that was like her one thing was that she made them promise they would let her go back to Buffy. That's smart. Hmm. Yeah, right. That is pretty smart. I don't know that I, I, I feel like. Do you think that? Do you think that was written or do you think that was a, uh, uh, just a like they, verbal they promise? That. Yeah. Cause I don't know if That's I would true. believe them. That is true. I do know I that she's. had it in writing. She, yeah. I mean, she did say she would only come back if they didn't kill Cordelia, and they said okay, and then she. That'd killed, be a good question to reach out to her about, honestly. Yeah. Well, technically, I guess. No, you're right. She does die. Yeah, she does. She dies. Um, but not in this season, which is a, a beautiful season for Cordelia. <laughs> so, speaking of you know Buffy characters who come into Angel and have sort of completely transformative arcs. Um, I'd be really interested to hear what everyone thinks of Wesley. Mm. I am curious what everyone thinks. I, uh, I'll go first, because I, I do like his arc, but for me, while Cordelia's feels completely organic, it, and I know people love Wesley's arc, and I do think it's it's good, but it doesn't quite feel organic to me. It feels like we're 
doing a new character with the same actor sometimes. Mm. Like season one, he's still very Wesley, but once he takes that turn, it feels like it's just a different character. Like he even drops like any form of accent most of the time. Yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you guys think? I was surprised having, you know, grown to like like his character mm-hmm. on Angel. I was surprised when we went back through Buffy in Slayerfest how many people didn't like Wesley and Buffy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess that means that, you know, I didn't really have a problem with him. I'm interested to to rewatch and see what you're saying and, and uh, you know, determine if I feel the same way. I think and, I agree with that, yeah. And, you know, I might even rewatch for the podcast and be like, nope, I'm wrong. I It well, did feel organic, you know? Because um, this isn't a show I rewatch as often as I rewatch Buffy. Um Summer, what do you think of it? You know, I mean, I like him. I like the, he's such a good actor and he's likable mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, but I was still, because he, he, Wesley didn't really come into like season two, right? Uh, he comes in halfway through this season halfway. and they kill Doyle. Yeah, yeah. See, I was like grieving the Doyle loss. Like I loved Doyle. It made no sense to me that Doyle was killed off. So when they like introduced him, I was still on the Doyle tip. So it took me a while <laughs> To get used to Wesley because you, we also didn't have a lot of him in Buffy. And he was like, yeah. he was rather annoying in Buffy. Like his intentions were annoying. Right. The actor like he was, was not, but the intentions of the character. Yeah, you're right. The character was supposed to be annoying. Mm-hmm. And then he's like in Angel right after somebody, like a character that I just adored was like mm-hmm. killed off for seemingly no reason. Mm-hmm. Like I just couldn't. It took me so long to adjust to Doyle's absence. <laughs> it was a hard blow. <laughs> Summer. I love it. Uh, Philip, I'm curious what your answer is. So yeah, I think in season one, I was like, what are they doing? Um, bringing it. And, and it was like a fun sort of like introduction where you think he's become this, you know, had this kind of makeover as a rogue demon hunter. And then it turns out like he's basically just doing drag and it's all a, a big joke. <laughs> and then I, I think it just... It's when we meet Fred and have that relationship in season, is it season three and then four? Like, mm-hmm. um, and also like the stuff, like uh, the stuff with Lila, um, where he gets to have lots of really um, sort of interesting shades of gray. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, I think to begin with, it's like, oh, we've killed off this character who was full of like, you know, pathos and bathos. Um, and then we've kind of brought back this other character now that we've killed off Doyle as kind of a joke uh, to, to fill in the role of somebody who, you know, sort of bickers with Cordelia and plays second fiddle to Angel. Um, but over the entire run of the show, uh, I think it is an arc that's... And like and you said, Ian, I, I haven't rewatched this in so long, but I, mm. I'm, I'm interested to see whether that holds up because some... I mean, like Kimberly said, you know, like a lot of the least memorable stuff are about Angel is Angel. But I really <laughs> remember um, the relationship with Lila uh, mm-hmm. where he... It's having that six foot, six feet under moment where he's having to, like, mm. decapitate the body to make sure she doesn't come back as a vampire and her, like, she's yeah. talking to him in his head. Uh, and just, like, the really the kind of, like, weird, like, slightly BDSM relationship that they have. Um, and then, like, the, the Fred romance and just... I Yeah, it's... I, I'll be interested to see whether that holds up because like, it, I, it's what I think of when I think of like season three and four, I think a lot of like the Wesley stuff. Hmm. Yeah. I, it, I, I feel like, and even with Buffy, I think I said this when we're covering season seven, like even with Buffy, when I, when I watch season seven, I do feel differently about Buffy. Like almost every time I watch it, like whether I think she's in the right or she's in the wrong or like maybe I feel like this 
for the podcast, I fell kind of like in the middle where I could see why people were getting pissed at her, but also I could see why she was getting harsh because she was getting pissed. And I kind of like that about these shows that I can, like, depending on where I'm at when I'm watching, I can feel kind of differently about the characters' actions and, like, reactions to shit. You're like a true television critic, Ian, because that's how I feel about like poetry and literature. Seriously, like you know, I can read something and I, it doesn't matter whether I like it or not. I can still sort of analyze it from a bunch of different perspectives. Every time I read it, I can like learn something new about it. So yay. Ooh, look at that. Look at that compliment, Kim. I like that. <laughs> um, so I also want to talk about what do we all feel about Angel and Cordelia? Summer and I have kind of talked about this. I very much, when it aired, I was like, no, Angel can't love Cordelia. He has to love Buffy forever. But again, with Cordelia, their relationship feels very adult and organic. And it's nice to see it develop over the course of like, you know, by season three is when it's like, okay, they do, you're getting the like, they do feel for each other. Um, and I hate that it never got to happen. I do think you're welcome. The, you know, the context to your welcome isn't great, but I do think your welcome is like a fucking fantastic episode. And like the way Charisma delivers the, like the final Cordelia lines are just so good. And like, you know, when she goes to leave the office and she's like, oh, like, never mind, let me do this. And like turns around and kisses him, makes me cry every single time. And I do think their chemistry was like pretty good, right? Yeah. It's the kind of chemistry that comes from knowing somebody mm-hmm. um, and, and, and having that. I feel like, if Buffy the show is high school and Angel is adulthood, uh, Cordelia and Angel is a much more equal, respectful relationship where they, they've really like learned to have each other's backs and mm-hmm. communicate. And, and that's because they were friends first. Yeah. Whereas Buffy and Angel, it was always this sort of starry-eyed, you know, star-crossed lover's romance where we, we were being told more than shown that they were in love. Um, whereas over the course of like four, well, three and a bit years, I guess, um, mm-hmm. in Angel, we we just watch it. And then you see the characters around them watch it happening and they're both in denial. I also think though the reason it works is because we never actually see them be a couple. Mm-hmm. That's Dude, fair. Does that not happen? No. I thought what? you had Zach, yeah. I, I, they, they are, they are, they, there's a few moments where on, they're on the verge of getting together and then something happens. I, d- I think I'm out. I quit. um yeah kim what do you think i know you kind of you like them right yeah i I think that that's a good point though that that was just made that like we never really get to see them you know the whole once you get together thing things get annoying quickly a lot of times with characters but the kind of dance that they get to play and really have like develop love for each other i think is what makes it so good i'm most curious what your mom thinks of it though ian <laughs> I listen, my mom, she probably I, I think she liked it because my mom always like loved Cordelia no matter what. Like Cordelia and Spike and Buffy are the characters to my mother that like the three of them do no wrong. And they're always right. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I like I I like I think of their like training moment when they're like training with the swords and it's like kind of sexy, right? And they're not they don't even kiss. It's just like they're very close and you can feel the like intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you feel the tension, which is uh, impressive, and I'm sure mostly on Charisma's end, because it's like, they're not even, they're training to fight. We see plenty of people training to fight on this fucking show. Um, and it doesn't feel like, who are they going to kiss? But that is like, I remember being the first time I realized, ooh, they do have good chemistry. Zach, wait, so you did think they actually officially got together? I, you know, I just didn't even think about it. I, I, 
Yeah, I think I did. I think I did. I think I expected it to happen at some point. And I, I knew they wouldn't have been together for very long, but, you know, there's such big gaps in my memory from season to season that I was sure that it had to have happened at some point. And I'm a little disappointed now um, because I get it. We do get this dance and there's like, you know, they, they develop their relationship and all of that, but five seasons and there's nothing. Well, three. Because <laughs> mm, four is... I, so we're just um, cutting it down now. We just keep keep cutting me <laughs> off. Um, I, I I do really like them together. I, I like with Buffy and Angel. It, sh- it was so doom and gloom for no fucking reason. Like it made zero sense why it was so dramatic between them. I mean, she was underage, basically. Um, right, right, yeah. But with Angel and Cordelia, I do remember their moments being just so like kind of effortless, and they just are kind of around each other. And that's the best relationship to have, right? You're mm-hmm. around somebody, you just enjoy their company, and it's not so it's not dramatic. You know, it's yeah. not it's not toxic. It's not hard. It's just easy, and mm. and it felt like that with them. But with Buffy and Angel, it just it felt like it was difficult all the time. There was always a problem. There was always something. Yeah, it. And Philip, you kind of said this too with Buffy and Angel. Like we start with like them telling us, like mm. it's almost like they're telling us that they're in love. But like, and they, I, I do think David Boreanaz and Sarah Michelle Gellar had good chemistry in their like moments where they needed to, but I do feel like the story didn't allow the relationship to breathe as much. It was kind of just like, Ooh, they're kissing up. Oh, now they're together. Ooh, they're like Romeo and Juliet. And then he leaves. David Boreanaz and Sarah Michelle Gellar had more chemistry in their behind the scenes photos than they did on screen. <laughs> I, they, they, there's, I, I can only think of a couple really like amazing moments that I, I think of them together. Like when she's drawing on her little notebook that's cute. That's so cute. And then and then it immediately turns into a big thing and he's got to leave and break up with her, right? And it's it's just that's always how it was with them. And it was unbearable. <laughs> You're so right. Like every time we see Angel and Buffy kiss, Sarah Michelle Gellar is like furrowing her brow and looks like she's about to burst into ugly tears. <laughs> like that's not a good, happy, healthy relationship. <laughs> that's not good. Right. <laughs> Whereas with like Cordelia and Angel, they like each other. And I feel yeah. like Angel likes Cordelia in spite of himself because she is still yes. at the start of the show very self-absorbed, mm-hmm. very, you know, superficial. Um, but it's that influence on each other um that has an improving effect. You know, she is his connection to the human world, and he is, you know, maybe the influence that kind of helps her become a bit more selfless. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't feel like Buffy and Angel ever made each other better people. Oh, no, no. Worse, <laughs> worse if anything. Does, does Angel ever make Cordelia cry? Because I will never forget. I think this is where my dislike for Angel came from is when he made her cry and she like was putting her head in Willow's lap and like saying she couldn't breathe. I was like, I cannot breathe. Ten, ten year old me, I can't breathe. <laughs> um, he never makes Cordelia cry, right? He never like, sends her into a tailspin like that. I don't no, think so. He, I, one of the moments actually that I remember from, I think it's the season one finale um, is when she is given like every vision all at oh, once yeah, yeah. she has like, a complete breakdown and he just he's like carries her to hospital and says she's my family mm. and like oh it's like okay it's season one took a long while to get going but we're, we're finally there i love that yeah i i forgot about that moment philip you're right and i think even cuter is that she's out shopping for a present for angel when that happens yes, yes yeah she's like, she's like oh angel's depressed i need 
Yes. They need to like give him a sense of connection. Oh, I, I, oh, oh yeah. The more I talk about it, the more I'm like, no, they are. They are meant to be together. <laughs> I love how she's, she's such a boss bitch, but like <laughs> she's still herself. If that makes yeah. sense, like she's still the Cordelia we remember and love, but like plus like total boss bitch eventual goddess. Yeah, Summer, talk on that because you played a character who also could have been misinterpreted as just like shallow, but was like mm-hmm. full of fucking depth and strength. Yeah, yeah. What's the like? And I know that you you did you did say you took some influence from Cordelia, right? I definitely, when I was filming Magicians by season two, had started watching Buffy the show. Like I, whenever anyone said, oh, Marco's like Cordelia, like I was like honored, but I didn't necessarily <laughs> look to Cordelia or Cordelia's development in any conscious way for Margot. Mm. Um, I just really appreciated the help I received from watching Buffy while I was shooting uh, the magicians for tone um, mm. for the stakes mixed with the humor and um, the supernatural world that I was playing in and how to ground all of that. So that was very helpful just overall in tone. But I think for me, I just wanted to mean more. I wanted my work to matter. And Mm -hmm. so, and it mattered to me. So I think that that helped me not come off as shallow. Um, because I, I don't think I'm shallow. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. and I definitely didn't want to spend years of my life kind of participating in something that was. And I think had I mm-hmm. had I played it that way as well, I don't think the creatives would have liked it either. Like there was never yeah. a conversation about how it should be played necessarily, but there was an unspoken understanding um, mm-hmm. that Margot was somebody that we should respect and that did have depth and you know that these things were going to have payoff eventually um so as far as that yeah but i agree kind of with you guys about the cordelia um and angel relationship like at first i was like there's no way i can ever see him loving anybody but buffy and then it became so much more of a real adult significant relationship with cordelia and angel you really kind of you, you saw the Buffy and Angel relationship put into perspective. And I don't know who said it right now, but yeah, she was underage. That was the other yeah. thing that you didn't realize watching it. I mean, this was an underage girl with a hundred plus something vampire. Yeah. And so <laughs> inherently, there was just so many inherent toxic elements to that relationship. And when you saw Cordelia and Angel together, you were like, oh, that's what an adult relationship should look like. It should be a friendship. (laughs) And it was so unsatisfying to not see the reward of that relationship. And and again, I'm just thinking about how angry I was to watch the destruction of that beautiful development they had done for Cordelia because it was really kind of it was really extraordinary character development at the time for a woman Mm. on television, what they had done with that character. And then they sort of, they sort of like built this beautiful thing and then just smashed it to pieces very quickly. And it's just like, how could you have done that? Like, 
Summer, I, you're getting me so heated. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, oh, why? Yeah, it feels like why waste all that, right? Like why? it's such wasted potential. And I, I can even remember watching the season three finale live. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, that was even back when I was still like not 100% sold on them, but being so fucking pissed yeah. the way it like destroyed, like even even back then when I was like, you know, whatever age I was, like I think 19, um, watching it and being like, I don't even like them together, but I don't like this destruction of the relationship. Like this fucking sucks and being like pissed off and it like ends on this cliffhanger and then it's not quite resolved. Right. Like, yeah. And it's just, and I can remember the urgency watching that being like, no, 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 no. I just want them to like have their moment. Like, because even though back then I didn't love them together, I loved the characters. Any, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I still loved the characters. So I wanted them to get the like moment they deserve. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like how you and I feel about Wanda in Multiverse of Madness, Zach, right? Like the destruction of all this like development and then not allowing the character to get the happiness they deserve. Yep, that's Marvel. <laughs> it's it's <I> ridiculous. <laughs> um, so also I want to ask, what do we all feel about... So there's like, I think this is a boring love triangle, but I know some people really love it. The Fred Wesley Gunn love triangle. I have been waiting for somebody to bring this up. Um <laughs> Speak it is it. it is so boring. I <laughs> I I, do, I I need writers all over the world. I know you're listening, Slayer Fest ninety eight. Um, love triangles are not interesting. They are they are like narrative. Um, just like I don't know, I, I don't know cars. What, I, what it's like putting if you put like Coca Cola in your engine, like it's just it's not good. It's going to make things stop. It's boring. Um, it's like heterosexual nonsense if they were gay they would just all have like a great like they become a they become a throuple it's like <laughs> problem solved um and it just it make it brings out the worst in all of the characters because it makes fred like it turns her back into like the passive mm-hmm. sort of like nerdy wallflower that she starts out as because she's just like so amazed that these two men are into her it turns wesley into like this very controlling quite sort of like uh abusive figure mm-hmm. and it makes gun just like really jealous and really it's basically like oh my god it's a fellow i've just realized joss whedon <laughs> thought he was doing fucking a fellow <laughs> Ugh, no i just hate it i hate it uh kim what do you think of it i love fred and i hate that this is like such a thing that we're gonna have to talk about you know like because her character to me is super interesting and yeah. that whole story arc yeah, I, I think I think Philip said it best. It kind of brings out the worst in everybody. Yeah, uh, Summer. I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I kind of agree with what everyone's saying, but the Fred character was something that I never really connected to too much. Like, is that horrible to say? <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I think she's an excellent actress. Like, I yeah. love her. Like, I love all the actors. It's not anything like that. It's just sometimes I connect to a character and sometimes I don't. And I never mm-hmm. really connected to Fred. Yeah, I, I do think it's kind of... Uh, Zach, are you even aware of the love triangle or not really? Not really, no. But I like Fred. Yeah, know? I do she's like cool. Fred. I And I, I agree with you, Summer. I think Amy Acker is like, really great and like the way she the way she makes you like care about fred and like still care about Illyria at the end there is like pretty impressive i think 
You know what? That's what I hate. I could not with. I'm like, who is Illyria? Like, what is I happening? I loved Illyria. Illyria was the scythe of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was brought in way too late. And we didn't get <laughs> enough of her. I, I do think, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed Amy Acker as Illyria because, um, like you said, you know, she's a great actor. Um, but it was, by, by that point, it was like, oh, uh, the, you know, the man who, who runs all these franchises is sort of like running out of narrative tricks because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, a woman who is in love and like about to, you know, have a happy ending with the man that she loves, she's going to she's gonna get killed off and also become a villain. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's we've seen this, like it's basically she's Willow and Tara in one. Um, <laughs> God. <laughs> you know, she becomes the villain just like Cordelia did the season before. Spoiler alert, sorry. Right. Um, <laughs> it's just sort of like, and I, I like that if they were going to renew the show, that it would have become more of a like a split personality situation, and, and we yeah. would have got maybe mm-hmm. some element of Fred back. But it was like the way that it was done. It was like okay, I'm enjoying the performance, and it was interesting to see an actor play a completely different character in the show. But I was like, we've seen these tricks before. Yeah, I that is fair. Um... I, I have heard that argument a few times about like how a lot of the Buffyverse characters, it's like, oh, did they go evil? Shocking. Like that does happen a lot. I love when <laughs> the they go evil. I the love women. an evil moment. Their hair changes, they get a new <laughs> outfit. Like it's perfect. It always works for me. <laughs> and I, I just always think of like, I didn't even love Fred and Wesley together. I didn't love that love triangle, but the Wesley's final moment, like makes me sob when like Illyria is like, you want me to lie to you now? And turns back into, like Fred, I'm like, Ugh, like just screen capping it. I was sobbing for like the anniversary of that episode. Um, and I just finally we'll talk about Wolfram and Hart. What do we th- I, like? I actually love Wolfram and Hart as like a an over like I almost like that they're not the big bad of the season. They're just like a constant big yeah. bad. Like <laughs> I really like that, right? <laughs> yeah. And I do think it's a clever. Angel did clever things with the bad guys, right? Or even with the demons, um, like how we get Lorne and he has a karaoke bar where like you aren't allowed to fight. And like, I think that shit is clever. And I think Wolverine and Hart as a like plot device really works for me. And as a, a like constant adversary, I like Lila. Lindsay and Angel have very weird, um, you know, Jason Sullivan said in his intro video that he was really uh, looking forward to talking about the sexual tension between Angel and Lindsay. Yes. Oh, yes. The, the fan fiction I used to read about those two. <laughs> oh my God, it got so blue. <laughs> and when uh, I read, I mean, of course, composed myself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Summer, what do you think of like Lila and Lindsay and Wolfram and Hart in general as the like bad guys? I think it's a clever use, and they introduce they introduce them right away. It's like very yeah. clear he knew what his plans were for that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting to have known that right away because yeah. it's a presence throughout, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a good it continues to be a good device um, throughout the series. I like Lindsay. I definitely like him. I liked him. I started liking him a little more season two, obviously, because that's when mm-hmm. they humanized him a little more. Yeah. Layla is like the super boss bitch, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I can't with her. She's really? so mean. <laughs> she's, she's just so mean. It's like, stop being so awful. But then, doesn't she like leave Wolfram and Hart? Like, they yeah. fuck her over. Mm-hmm. And then she has to, like, where does she go? Like, I think that's I think that's when her relationship with Wesley starts and then she like gets unceremoniously right. murdered in season oh. 4. I always would have liked if 
Because like at the end of season four, she's like a ghost or whatever the hell she is when she brings them to Wolfram and Hart. Oh, yeah. I think it would have been cool if she had been like a reappearing like character that is like in her ghost form in season five. And redeemed. I always yeah. thought she just like retired to Santa Barbara or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think you wrote all of that. <laughs> you like wrote some fan fiction in your brain. Like, oh, now she's fine. Retired lawyer. She's, fine. she's living in the beach house next door to Grace and Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's on the Wikipedia page now. Edit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zach, what do you think of Wolfram and Hart? I'm, I'm into them. You know, uh, an organization is always a really hard sell for me. I'm either going to really like it or, or, or not at all. Um, and I guess what would be, what would be similar to that in Buffy? What the, the watchers council, I guess, I don't I know. Guess. Just yeah. as an organization. I guess so, and yeah. I hate the watchers council, but I think Wolfram and Hart, the whole idea of them and that they have their offices and that they're kind of everywhere and spreading out and, you know, their, their whole deal. And that we, flesh them out a little bit more as an organization. I think it, it does work. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to see, cause I don't remember a whole lot of them other than season five. So I'm excited to see how like permeated they are in this show. That's fair. Yeah. Kim. I think it's interesting how, if we think of the roots of all the villains, right? So when you're a teenager, it's like school, and then mm. it's, you know, I guess it's work when you're an adult in a way, but also, um, you know, your local government, and I mean, it makes sense, right? So, sorry, I'm thinking of Buffy with like school and then the local government, so the principal and then the mayor or whatever, right. like those yeah, are yeah. The, the big bads. Uh, and I mean, it, it devolves from there, from my, my little theory. But in terms of like institutions, like when you're a real adult, like a law firm, an evil law firm seems like a good choice for a detective agency's, uh, you know, yeah. ultimate big bad. So I think it, it makes sense and it, it helps it helps angel investigations kind of grow in a way as like, a thing that exists and it's an institution like on its own. Yeah, no, I think that's because it could be too ham-fisted, but it, it doesn't feel ham-fisted here, right? I think because it's presented as so prosaic and everyday, like they go to work, they carry briefcases, they wear mm. suits, they look just like, they, it looks like it could be, you know, the set of law and order. Right. Mm. Um, mm. And so it's sort of, it's it, it only as the show goes on, that you realize just how sort of corrupt and evil they are. Um, and I, I think that, I think Kimberly, you're absolutely right. Sort of if, if, you know, on Buffy, you've got sort of thematic villains like patriarchy and depression and, and sexual violence. Um, and then in Angel, it's like institutional wealth and power that will always cover up the sins of, you know, sort of, well, like, like in the pilot, the, the pilot villain is basically like if Harvey Weinstein was a vampire, and the law firm is right. there to cover his ass and to make sure that his victims are never found and that his <clears throat> sins never see the light of day. The irony. <laughs> um, so it, I like that it doesn't normally, the plot device doesn't normally work for you, Zach, but this here it does. Yeah. Because um, I'm I'm kind of like, I mean, granted, I don't like the watch. It's not like I'm like, oh, I support the Watchers Council, but I like them as like a plot, like a thing within the plot. We don't mm-hmm. like them acting like they're, you know, the high and mighty of it all. Um, mm. When Wolfram and Hart, like they don't ever say they're not evil. They're like, right. Yeah, you know, they're kind of like, whatever, this is what we do. They're, they, they like money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I like the straightforwardness of it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're right. It is pretty straightforward. It's just like when we first meet Lindsay and he's like a named lawyer, he's just like, here's my card and even gives it to Angel because like, mm-hmm. it's not like he's like, he doesn't give a shit, right? It's like, yes, I will defend you too. Like, I don't care. Yeah. And I do like that. And I think they were smart once they realized, ooh, Lindsay and, a- Lindsay and Lila 
Like, let's make them actual characters. Because for a while, it's like we see Lindsay, but we don't see him again, I think, till like mid-season one. And we just see faceless lawyers. And it works better to have like reoccurring lawyers and like, um, you know, the guy from Lost, Daniel Day Kim, plays one of the reoccurring lawyers eventually. Right. I was literally just Googling. I was like, what is that guy's name? Because I was like, <laughs> I can't wait in season two when he shows up. Yeah. Well, just like, he's always like the hottest, you know, guest star <laughs> on any TV show ever. He, he really is. Um, and, you know, they have the other guy that played uh, Bernard from Lost. Like, they have a lot of like, and I think that makes it more of like a, rather than like a faceless entity, like, oh, we can put some faces to it. And I think that's. And I think it's getting back to what made Angel work sort of, you know, into the end of season one and then beyond is introducing more than two or three characters <laughs> and giving us people that we can really um, connect to. And, you know, whether it's heroes or villains or like lots and lots of people who live in the gray in between, it's when it starts to build out that world and, you know, sort of making us imagine Los Angeles as this, you know, sort of underworld where there's so many different levels and so many different dark shady corners and there's so much stuff going on. Um, and, you know, you've got characters who are constantly crossing paths with each other. That's when, like, I really, really, like, that's my shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else? I don't know. Does anyone have any, have anything to, anything they want to say or anything they wanted us to chat about? I'd we love did. to talk about Connor. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, we didn't talk about Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I think my connection's dropping again. <laughs> um, I'm really excited to go through this journey. I, I... I just, I don't remember anything, you know? I think just the the standout episodes that I would re- have remembered as a kid, I think those are the only ones that are in my memory and everything mm-hmm. y'all are talking about is like going right over my head. So I'm really excited to get into these uh, storylines. But I do like that you remember the finale, Zach. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm a yeah. big like episode jumper. So like mm-hmm. even if I were to go and do a rewatch, I, I'll, I won't do it in order, you know? I'll yeah. just like kind of jump around. I, you know, I... I talked about that on Twitter because someone was saying about Buffy rewatches and I was like, oh no, if I'm doing a rewatch, if I'm not in the mood for a sad, I will, I skip the sad episodes. Mm -hmm. Like I have to be in the right like mindset to be like, okay, I'm going to watch Joyce die. Like I always skip the body. I just, (laughs) it's my favorite episode of the entire series, but (laughs) I I have to skip it because it's just, I'm never, I'm never in that mood. It's emotional terrorism. (laughs) It is. Yeah, no. And you know, I, to be a little mushy i can't thank all of you enough like it's very cool that i asked co-hosts thinking i was like well probably half these people are gonna say no you know summer i i I didn't think you would say yes and it was so cool to have everyone that i asked say yes and it was like made me feel nice like last night i finished editing that video and i was watching all of you talk and i was like this is fucking cool i feel proud of this and like i don't often feel that way i'm like as as i can kim know i could be pretty negative about shit like that but like this was nice and this i'm really excited that i have all of you for this so i am so excited to be back and, and to get into a whole other show with you it was yeah. it was such a nice surprise philip's computer like broke towards the end of uh, buffy season seven so oh, he no. couldn't do a lot of the. It was what was your last episode, Philip? Was it? Oh God, I, I don't know. It was one of like the ones in the middle of season seven yeah. where, like, oh, who's to say? <laughs> and then, like, as I was emailing all of you, Philip DM me and was like, "Hey, I got a computer. I can host the end." I was like, "Oh, great! Then you're in." <laughs> 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 but um, 
Thank you all for listening. Really excited for you to hear our angel coverage. Uh, if you like SlayerFest 98, you can find us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can support us on Patreon, where we're covering What If and Harley Quinn Season 2. Um, and if you want to follow us on social, we are at SlayerFestX98. If you want to follow me, I'm at IanXCarlos. Zach, where can everyone find you? Uh, my bloody Judy with with Ian. If you search it on all the things, will pop up. Coffee Tequila Show. If you search it on all the things, we will pop up. And Summer at Summary Bishel on Instagram and at Summer Bishel One on Twitter. Philip. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip with one L, Ellis with two. Uh, on Instagram at Philip Ellis. And because I haven't been on the show in a while, I can say I have written a book and it is coming out next year. It's called Love and Other Scams, and um, you will, I will be I will be spamming people with pre-order links as soon as um, they're out later this summer. And you know I'll retweet the shit out of all of them. So. <laughs> and, Kim, and Kim, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can navigate your browser to KimberlyAnnSouthwick.com, which links to my Twitter at KimAnnJoSouth if you'd like to follow me there. All right. Well, uh, looking forward to talking Angel with you, and uh, thank you all for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. Ooh, bye. Bye.